Hello and welcome to Rum and Records, the podcast dedicated to the joy of vinyl grooves and brown booze. I'm your host Craig Smith and I'm joined by my ever-present co-host Craig Templeton. Coming up on the show, we celebrate some of our favourite female artists, we celebrate a rum mixed by another incredible woman, plus all the usual random Scottish chat. Please be aware this podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Please enjoy alcohol responsibly. Craig, here we are once again, episode six. I can't believe we've got this far in some ways. <laughs> uh, but thanks very much to everyone who has been listening and supporting the podcast. We hugely appreciate it. And tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, we are going to be speaking about something that we think has been a little bit missing from maybe some of the previous pods. It definitely has. Um, it's felt a bit like for a better term or phrase, a bit of a sausage party going on here. And we have had a gender-based episode before, but it was about bros. It was, and uh, we're trying to readdress the gender balance a little bit. There has certainly been too many dicks on the dance floor, as uh, the saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we did, I mean, episode two, we, we confessed our love for Christine and Stevie. Absolutely. Um, but we're going to move that focus to what we'd like to call the, the fairer six. So, you know, The Fairer Six, Episode Six, The Fairer Six. Once again, your little kind of play on words. You have to. You have to. You have to. If you can't theme an episode <laughs> on a number, then what's the point? What is the point, indeed? And this is it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I, was, um, I was thinking about this. Actually, a lot of my, my favourite artists are either female-fronted bands or female solo artists uh, and for some reason we've perhaps sort of it's been very remiss of us to to not include them in, in the I think episodes. it's 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 mainly because we've been sticking ourselves to such rigid themes that a lot yeah. of the stuff that f- just falls into male-led songs um but but no more no tonight we're going to talk about no more. female-led um, bands admittedly there's a couple of men in one of the bands I've chosen particularly, but yeah. they are full-on and um, female-led. And you're absolutely right. For the past few years, my favourite albums have always been from mm. um, the female perspective. And, I mean, there's genres out there that I've kind of made up in my head. I remember around about the time, like, Aluna George came out. Oh, yeah. Um, and Churches and all that. I coined the term Femelectro. 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 I mean, talking about that. Aye. So, I mean, I was a huge fan of Femelectro because <laughs> I made up that genre. And there's actually a band tonight that I'm going to talk about. They they term themselves as estrogen pop. Estrogen pop, nice. Estrogen pop, nice. yeah, aye. So, it's great and I bloody love I'd, all I'd, these bands. Even the bands that you've chosen, they are huge favourites of mine. And mm. I think this is going to be a celebration. And also a celebration of women in rum which I don't know if you're aware of, but this is why I've chosen this room. No. Craig, this is why I love doing these podcasts um, so much, because it's always an education for me. There's always little tidbits that you just bring in there uh, to blow my mind, as we like to say on the pod. Yeah, so let's start there. So we're going to talk about six tracks. We're going to pick three tracks each, focusing on three artists that are led or are individual women. Um, but before that, we're going to be drinking a certain rum. Now, I really wanted Appleton's Estate because it's one of my favourite rums out there. 
But being so unprepared, I only had a half bottle in my house. And I'm not the sort of guy that brings half half a bottle to a party. No half measures from Craig. No half measures. I'm not going to be like, here, Craig, this is what we're drinking tonight, and it's a half bottle fucking Appleton's estate. So we searched high and low in Shoreditch to try and find some Appleton's estate. High and low. We literally did. We went to like six different shops. Far. And we went back to the... We ended up going back to the first shop (laughs) because they were selling Appleton Jamaica rum. So this is still from the estate, this huge estate in the south of Jamaica. And the reason that I picked Appleton's is because they were the brand... And I'll, I'll go into more history of the brand later, but um, Appleton's actually have the first ever female master blender. Her name is Joy Spence, and actually, um, she has been the master blender since 1997. Fuck. So for 22 years, she's been in charge of Appleton's estate and it's all its subsidiaries. And just to give you a little history or a little kind of idea of Appleton's estate... Um, they um they were an individual brand. They were an independent brand, but then mm. were bought over by our favourites, Ray and Nephew. Really? So Ray and Nephew own Appleton's, um, all the different versions of Appleton's. They make obviously their overproof rum, and and this is what I was maybe thinking of buying, but I didn't want to be cheap. They also make Sainsbury's Superior Dark Rum, which won a gold medal in two thousand and ten. Wow! So little tip: if you want to get some stellar rum at a cheap price. Sainsbury's Dark Rum is made by the guys that make Ray and Nephew, Appleton's, all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, there we go. I don't know. Did you see it tonight? We were, we were in Sainsbury's. Briefly. Yeah, I was thinking about buying it. Um, however, Ray and Nephew are also owned by a company. Oh. They're I, owned by... Don't say like uh, Diageo or something like that. Campari. Campari. Oh, Campari own them. Campari own them. Anyways, Joy Spence, let's celebrate yes. this woman of rum. So after graduating from the University of the West Indies with a Bachelor of Science degree and first-class honours, Joy spent some time teaching chemistry before moving to England. Um, and she pursued a Master's of Science degree in analytical chemistry at the University of Loughborough, um, where she excelled and again graduated with honours. So, I mean, she's a... Good old Joy. She's obviously... Very intelligent woman very with a Jamaican background and... She actually talks about how proud Jamaicans are about this product. And this is what brought her to come back Mm. to um, Appleton's and Ray and Nephew. So she joined as chief chemist in 1981 and then finally moved into the role of master blender in 1997. So she's been with them since 81. So what's that? 38 years she's been with this company. Coming up for a 40-year anniversary. um, Joy has been described as a pioneer as well as being the first master blender of rum um, she also successfully helped Jamaica fight for the geographical indication or GI so that's the approval um, for rum which means that any rum that claims to be Jamaican has ah. to come from Jamaican descent and also has to match certain quality standards and I didn't know if if you know this but Jamaican rums are not allowed to have any additives I didn't know that in honour of this uh, Joyce was awarded the order of distinction and the rank of officer from the government of Jamaica to the service that is of so the, cool. the rum industry. That is and so I cool. didn't know about Joy until um, we started following uh, the rum boss. Aye, he's awesome on Instagram. So we, should... we started following the rum boss and he actually, Joy was over in the UK a couple of weeks ago. 
Yeah. And he was he attended. He's very close with her. He's like his rum mum, I think he described her. Right. Um, so we were going to go with Appleton's estate. We're going with Appleton, which is a little bit cheaper. But you know what? Sometimes the cheap rums are good for drinking. So we're going to crack this open. We're going to drink this with Coke. I couldn't find Ting. No, I wasn't going to buy it. In fact, they weren't even saying individual cans where we were looking. No. So I would have liked to drink it with Ting, but we're going to just have to drink it with Coke. We're going to uh, dedicate this to Joy. We're going to crack this open. So let's uh, let's have a little pour. I don't think I've had the... You never had this? No, I've had it before, but no for a long time. No, I've not had it in ages. Always used to get the Appleton's estate. This was when I could, couldn't have... Um, I had more money for Coke stuff. Aye, that's it. Okay, so we've got a little bit of the Appleton Jamaica rum and some Coke. Let's have a little uh, Here's Craig. sniff. It smells good. To joy. To joy. Master blender. Go on your cell, hen. <laughs> it's good. That is good. For a, for a cheapish rum, it's, it's under it's 20 quid. Very good. I mean, um, we probably overpaid for that. We did, but it was still under 20 quid. It still was under 20 quid. So you probably picked that for, what, 14, 15 quid, maybe? I would say about 15 quid. I didn't know that about the whole, you're not allowed to, like, fuck with it, basically. Jamaican yeah, it's a bit role. like the uh, German beer laws mm. that West following. Mm. Um, I think that's so cool. I it's great. It, it keeps that status that rum is a cultural drink mm. in Jamaica and they respect it. I absolutely love Joyce Spence. I, I spent the day watching interviews with her and she is such a bubbly character. She's very gregarious, she, is she? She is. She fucking loves rum still to this day. And um, she's not shy. Even the really expensive rum, she's like, this will go really well in a classy cocktail. Mm. So she's not, you she's must not drink this snobby neat. about it, yeah. She's not snobby about it. And she, she says um, her secret passion is to dance. And she feels like dancing has actually influenced the flavour notes that she's brought into these um, <laughs> rums. Love it. So here's to Joy. Um, she's absolute god in our eyes and um thank you for such wonderful rums mm. but let's say uh, let's move on to the music and we'll carry on we'll, we'll probably talk about appleton's more throughout this i'm sure we will um we're going to start with my track we are um so i did mention that this um this podcast is going to focus on the ladies but there may be a couple of men in the the bands and we're going to start with a band that we've mentioned on multiple occasions in these podcasts. I'm absolutely obsessed. I really do feel like this might be the album. My favourite album of the decade. Um, it's just one of these albums that leave you wanting more. It lasts a little over 17 minutes. <laughs> That's incredible. And the artist is Mannequin Pussy, which is quite a in-your-face name. And it it really does reflect the band's music prowess as well mm. it's in your face they recently released an album it was their first on epitaph but before that they were signed to a, a small label called tiny engines um but mannequin pussy actually began as just a two-piece they released two eps one called boner jams which since you've never watched the 40 year old virgin you probably won't get that um that reference and meat slave <laughs> One of their songs was called Cluedius. It appeared on a cassette-only compilation. They were getting a lot of attention, I would imagine, because of the setup. Just two-piece making all this noise. The name. The name, of course. Mannequin Pussy. The, the EP name, Boner Jams. Like, there's a lot, kind of, to grab attention. But never did that detract from the actual music itself. They released their first album, 
which was called Gypsy Pervert. <laughs> um, again, another attention-grabbing name. And, I mean, like I've talked about these three album rules, the first album really did signify that um, there was something special there. Mm. But it wasn't such a cohesive album. I don't think it really flowed as well as it no. should have. Whereas their second album, Romantic, was so cohesive, it just flowed. And the fact of the matter is that it touched upon so many genres. Mm. It went from pop punk to noisy hardcore to shoegaze to even elements of like death metal. This piece of work actually came when the drummer moved into the guitar role and they hired a new drummer and eventually getting a bass player as well. So the, the, the kind of formation of the actual full band happened mm. round about that time period. And this is the time that I want to focus on. So the album is called Romantic and the title track actually appeared as number 14 in Rolling Stones magazine, 50 Best Songs of 2016. That's quite surprising. It's, a, it's such an accolade. It's such an accolade. And actually, once they released this current album called Patience, they had a huge article in Rolling Stones. So they've, mm. they've got some fans there. And no matter how much the name can maybe detract from attention, mm. maybe people don't want to publicize it, they are a unique band in the way that they can attract fans from all different sides of the spectrum. When I heard that they were signing to Epitaph, which is a major kind of, well, not a major label, but they are a huge force in the punk scene, I felt like it could go either two ways. Like they could either move towards the kind of more the founders sound, like a, from like Bad Religion, mm -hmm. um, or they could embrace that heavier side. It's, it feels like they've went for the former. They've definitely went for a lighter sound. They do have heavy elements mm. within the album, but the album Romantic, like I said, 17 minutes long, just kicks off and then embraces pop aesthetics, really catchy choruses, and. I don't know, like like I said, it's probably my favourite album of the decade only because it makes me want more. It just stops and you're like, fuck, Does I want to go like on that like journey e again. Like an EP? Almost like... It almost it feels like an EP, but there are 11 tracks there. Yeah, they're just super short. There's, there's so many tracks on that album and the last time that it really stuck to me that this is one of the best albums I've listened to was after listening to... or after recording episode two with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the underground home and I was like, I want to listen to something. And I put on Romantic. And I must have listened to it two or three times on the way home because it just stopped. And I was like, again. Let's go again. 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 I really can't tell you any album where I feel like that right now. And this is the beauty of such short albums. Yeah. I wish it was on 10 inch. I don't know why. I just think aesthetically it would be more pleasing if it was mm. on 10 inch. But I've got it on a 45 RPM copy on bright pink. I don't know if you can really get it in the UK. I just when you got when you were in Austin I was in Austin for a month and I, I took advantage of the fact that I was in the same location and in the same hotel that I actually ordered a lot of merch to that hotel room I didn't know that could be done but I was like room blah 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 at this hotel so what happened did they just leave a reception for you the reception was like I've got some mail for you and that was it well I guess you're there for a month or like, I, oh, they, they kind of hello Mr. Templeton it's you again so I, yeah I got quite a few things there especially, um, but nothing as good as Mannequin Pussy's romantic album and the great thing is that they're touring the uk and europe and we have tickets we have tickets we're actually flying to glasgow to to go and see them because well glasgow's going to be the best location to see this band they're touring the whole uk but no venue it's nice and sleazy nice and sleazy and no crowd the glasgow crowds are going to rock as hard as anyone else so yes this is the track we're going to listen to we're going to listen to the track 
10. Really glad you picked this one. It only lasts like 50 seconds. We generally only play 30 seconds of music. We could probably get away <laughs> with playing the whole track, but we're not going to. And, but I put this on our playlist. You did? 10, which was a while back. A while back. Yeah. And that, that was my, that would be my first introduction to the band as well. And even this track leaves you wanting more because it's just so good. And it comes like, you see like a bolt out of the blue, particularly when you've got on a playlist when you've got really different songs, different artists in there. When this song comes on, it's like a kick in the teeth in a good way. Yeah. Uh, particularly if maybe the song before has been a little bit softer and mellower and then like bang. It just catches you out. It does. And the thing I like about this song is it, it comes out the gate screaming, but then goes into, don't get me wrong, it's still a heavy mm. chorus, but it's got those pop sensibilities. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So yeah, the track is 10. We're going to listen to that right now. And while that's happening, we So there we go, leaving you breathless, I imagine. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, and I think I remember the first time I heard that, and, and it did just like slap me around the face. Aye. It's like, fucking hell, what was that? And before you know it, it's kind of over. Uh, and it does leave you wanting more, as I said. I find the thing is that I used to listen to music like this a lot growing up. I was totally mm. in punk, I was totally in the Epitaph record label, and then I moved away from it. Mm. But this brings me back, and I was like, fuck. Same. I, I'm this. Same. I absolutely adore this. Same. And it, it's got a funny thing. I don't really want to find any other bands that sound like this. This is the band. Yeah. They've put their home in on this. Laid claim to my punk listening. Yeah. And that's not going to change. Yeah. And, and I have to say, the patience. I was I was a bit dubious because it's the third album. It's grown on me. Mm. I think listening to it on vinyl a lot more has really. Um, Made me appreciate the album. There are some heavy parts in it. Oh, there definitely is. And I think it forces you, well, it forces you, but it encourages you to, to sit there and listen to track by track and don't just mm, 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 skip this one. Or... Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, Marissa, the the, the vocalist, also um, explores themes that she'd actually talked about that she was never going to explore, but mm. she now does explore. Here's, actually, I was reading an interview with her. And um, so she's from Philadelphia. Who, who, which is the home of another famous act that we've talked about in the past on multiple occasions. So basically, her guitar teacher was a session guitarist for Hollow Notes. Oh, they are Philly. That's right from that. They're from Philly. Yeah, yeah. From the mean streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> but this is the fucking amazing thing. She doesn't even know who walked in. She was like, "I, ah, the fucking blonde one walked in." So Daryl Hall, Daryl Hall walked in, and he's like, "He's my guitarist. I need him now." And she's like. Fuck you. <laughs> Could you imagine them do, could you imagine them going to like uh, uh, Daryl's house? Yeah. Have <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a cover of uh, 10. <laughs> Daryl all like, fuck you, Daryl. needs to happen. So, perfect track to start off. Perfect with. track to start um, off. I think before we we go into the next track, uh, it's probably worth um, pointing out, we should have probably said this at the start, but we've deliberately chose uh, current modern artists because as Craig said, you would end up just kind of harping on about Kate, Kate, Bush. Kate Bush for an hour and a half. Who's my absolute queen. And if you're on Instagram and you post something about Kate Bush, don't be put off by us 
always comment and just saying my queen because she really is. So moving on to our second track, celebrating the female artist. Uh, and my first selection is an artist called J-Som. J-Som. Yep. Now, uh, J-Som is the, uh, the pseudonym or the moniker of multi-instrumentalist Malena Duterte. I think I probably pronounced that surname wrong, so apologies, nice. apologies if I have. Um, she hails from the Bay Area in, near San Francisco. And interestingly, her name came from a, a baby name generator from the same website that gave Donald Glover his uh, childish Gambino name. <laughs> he did uh, It was Wu-Tang. He did the Wu-Tang. Was the Wu-Tang. The same thing? Same website. They've got all these different... Generators. Generators. Right, so it's okay. a baby name generator. And apparently it means something like it's a Hope Moon, it means. So I don't know if it was in maybe a different language, but JSOM. There you go. That's, that's, that's where it kind of derives from. As I said, she is a, a multi-instrumentalist and she recorded her, technically not her debut album, but her, her proper debut LP. Uh, there is an album that precedes the one that I'm going to chat about and the track that I'm going to chat about, but it was really more of a a release from a cassette. There was a cassette doing the rounds and, you know, Craig's big fan of the old cassettes. Cassette Cassette and all that, um, which was sort of posthumously released on, on vinyl. Actually, posthumously. I'm, uh, posthumously. After she's dead. That's <laughs> <is> posthumously. <laughs> not posthumously. That's not what I meant. Uh, was <laughs> retrospectively. That's it. There they were. There they were. I knew they were. Uh, but anyway, so Jason, she she does her kind of version of, of kind of bedroom pop, I guess you would call it. Yeah, dream pop. Dream bedroom pop, pop, bedroom pop. And I think the distinction now between what's like a home recording and what's a studio recording is becoming, the lines are very much blurred as the technology becomes more affordable oh, I think and it was the introduction to GarageBand, like maybe 10 or so years ago, really opened that up. Mm. Anybody could record. That's the reason I bought a Mac, was that I yeah. could record my own tunes. And I do love that. There's a, some of the Apple adverts are, are, are fantastic. There's one doing the round just now, when it, and it does, it's just this kind of black and white sort of montage of these still images, and you see all these artists who, who all use Macs to do all yeah. the recording and it's, it's, it's really cool it's very subtle it's very cool but as you say I think GarageBand was a kind of big sort of part of that I heard it described as, as bedroom pop not just because of where it was recorded in the home and all that kind of stuff but because of the kind of intimacy behind some of the songs some of the lyrics on the songs um, and I think for me how I came across this I was trying to like rack my brains how did I find out about this artist and where did I come across it and I think I don't know this for a fact I think I read a review of it on Pitchfork, and I don't always take what Pitchfork says as gospel because uh, some of their they, they, they tend to sort of lament and sort of tear shreds off some albums that I think are very good and the complete opposite of that. But this was one of their kind of albums of the of the month or whatever it happened to be, and it got like an eight point six which is pretty rare from a kind of newish artist, so I thought it's worth checking out. I like what I read and, and sort of went and sort of checked out the album digitally and immediately kind of fell in love with it and just kind of had to kind of own it, own it on vinyl. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty tough to track down, actually. I managed to get it from Norman Records, which is a great... Leeds. Leeds. Great record store in Leeds. The, this album? This album, yeah. So the album, this is the one on orange vinyl, yeah? 
Yes. So this is uh, the album 2017, Everybody Works. Is I it? remember totally falling for this artist and then listening to the album. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to get it. And then I remember talking to you about it and you ended up buying the vinyl. Aye. Aye, that's how I remember this going. Because she had that, what, the bus song? Yeah, the bus song. bus song was cool, but then I was like, eh, maybe too many people get into this. I don't know. I mean, I... I, I mean, that's that's my own issue. I don't know. I've never spoken to anyone else who likes this artist, bar you and I. Um, maybe, that, maybe it was the fact that you liked it. And you like, I can't, I can't like, it. fuck this shit. She's on polyvinyl as well, yeah? Um, but I'm, no, I, I think the track that you've chosen... It's probably my favourite track off the album. Mm, same. And it's it's totally this term dream pop, like um Cocteau Twins and mm. uh, The Cure, like all this sort of dream pop stuff. Yeah. Not bedroom pop, but dream pop. Mm. Definitely those influences are shown on, on this recording. Oh for sure. And I'm a big fan of of those types of artists. Um and I think she takes the kind of softer, dreamier, more melodic sides of those bands as opposed to Maybe some of the more sort of uh, fuzzier, yes. sort of, um, you know, My Bloody Valentine type. Shoegaze. Shoegazy type sentence. She's very much on that kind of more melodic, softer side. Uh, but the track I've chosen is, uh, the song's called Baby or Baby, actually. Baby. Baby. Is double, it, double E at the Double E. What I like about this song is it's got a very sort of kind of laid back kind of R&B type vibe. It's got this kind of really, I think kind of like, I like the Pam muted guitars. The yeah, it's almost like that kind of little. It's almost got like a little reggae rift, and you've got these kind of like sensual kind of R and B drums. Then this kind of little synth comes in. That's that kind of dream pop yeah, kind of the element. Dreamy synths are definitely. And then you've got this kind of like muted bass that just sort of like bubbles under the surface, and she's got these really sort of. Uh, Again, I mean, she wouldn't be out of place singing on a Mazzy Star or a Cocteau Twins album, uh, for sure. She's got a new album coming out very soon. Um, I think this one's even more introspective. Again, it's all been sort of, every instrument's been played by her, it's all been produced by her. She's basically done everything on that album. So in terms of celebrating the female artists and, and everything that they do, I think it's great to see artists in... in 2019, really doing everything that they, you know, doing the whole kind of shooting match, so to speak, you know, not having to to rely on anyone anyone else. So I think a great artist, um, pretty unknown from people I speak to. If you've not heard it, check it out. So we're going to play the song now. This is uh, Baby by JSOM from the album Everybody Works. got every element that works really well it does have an r&b kind of feel to it mm. other kind of bedroom pop slacker kind of records are a bit like home shake have you heard home shake it's very so. similar to this yeah um but as i was saying while this was playing although it doesn't 
really involve much electronic sort of stuff. I do like the shoegaze-ness of this track. Yes. And like I said, you've inspired me to look and maybe try and buy this. Mm. Well, I think a lot will be... I think that the new album will be interesting. I think it could go either way. Craig, I noticed you've been spending too much time on Discord. Not had a drink. And not enough time drinking your rum. I'm, I'm absolutely sorry. Joy, I apologise um, for the poor behaviour. So the next track, every review that I read about this band, just to get some more information around them, mentioned the, um, the code C86. Do you know what C86 refers to? Uh, no. Well, let me educate you before we let talk about it. Let me enlighten you. So in 1986, the enemy released a cassette-only compilation titled C86. Hmm. It was a collection of songs by indie bands from across the UK, and the bands represented on that tape were bands like Primal Scream, The Pastels, oh, The Pastels, The Soup Dragons, Soup Dragons, The Shop Assistants. No. The wedding present. The wedding present. And the mighty lemon drops. The mighty, ah, the mighty lemon drops. So they were all hungry and young. I'll and tell you what, Scotland well represented on that fucking tape. right. Pastels, Primal Scream, Soup Dragons. Soup Dragons, Bell's Helmet. Aye. So um, they were all young and hungry and taken together as a whole. They showed that something new was happening. That's phenomenal. Um, in time, it came to apply to bands like Bell and Sebastian, who made lush cinematic music. It was connected to the C86 bands in spirit, but not in the sound. So in 1986, this compilation was released, the year I was born. Twelve years later, the three members of Girl Ray from North London were born. They signed to Moshi Moshi, which is the label that recorded first recorded like Florence the Machine, mm. Hot Chip, uh, Leaky Lee. And they released this album called Earl Grey. Which I think is a play on their name, Girl Ray, Girl Ray yeah, yeah. which is also a play on the um, artist Man Ray. And this album is, is full of kind of pop gems, like indie pop, very, it does have a vintage feel to it, especially the track that we're going to play. But they also take the bold move that right in the middle of the album, they throw in a 13 minute song called Earl Grey. So the title track is a 13 minute opus. And it's such a brave decision that such young girls were like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to throw in a 13-minute song. And actually, been able to get away with that as well. Aye. And that's what's so good about being on such a small like, label. If you uh, were on a major label, they'd be like, get to fuck. Not unless you're a well-established artist. If you're like fucking, you know, Fleetwood Mac, you've decided that no, this is what will happen and this shall be then, okay, who's going to argue with you? Producers are not going to argue with you. But that is, that is fucking great. I actually think their producer then became like their touring guitarist as well. I don't know if he's a full-time member, but the, mm. the producer really helped them along and really encouraged them. And I don't know, I just absolutely love this band. And I feel like the innocence of the vocals and the purity of like their little English accents. They're from North London. They went to the same high school as the Kinks did. Aye. So they, they formed in the same high school um, right, cool. that the Kinks formed in. Any, and I think that's that's any. given them the encouragement to actually form this band. And I'm really excited to see what else they produce. I really oh. just want to play it. And I think I've put it on so many playlists that we've ever made. But this is going to be their first track 
from their debut album, and it's called Just Like That. And just like that, you're going to... <laughs> Girl Ray, or um, the self-confessed estrogen pop from the young ladies from North London. I actually think they may be 20, 21 now. Uh, but such a, a mature album from such young minds. Yeah. And you can totally see the the Pet Shop... Not the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally see the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, you can totally see the, the Pet Shop Boys. Um... Pet sounds influence for all oh, you can. Beach Boys. Yeah, you definitely can. With some of the harmonies there. I definitely get the C eighty six thing. What I'm also getting is a little bit of uh, of uh, a little bit of like not a sprinkling of like the kind of Brit pop sound, particularly artists like a because I was posting it these other day about like Sleeper and that um, the song "What Do I Do Now." There's a little bit of that in there. Um, I'm I'm definitely getting that coming through, but I, I'm I'm getting the classic sounds from the, from that '86 set that you talked about, and and yeah, so, some of the kind of more '60s kind of vibes from what the Beach Boys. Definitely. Um, Honestly, it's like it's such a hodgepodge of influences, I can and admit- I think that's really cool because when you're growing up as a teenager. Your eyes are open to the music that's around you and what the history is. Like, I remember being around about that age and I was like, whoa, Nirvana and all this sort of shit. Yeah. Like, those artists were, in, in a really terrible way, like, they were dead and gone. But I was still embracing them as, this, as if they were still artists of this day. Oh. And I think when you're at that age, any artist can be, become relevant. And even if they're gone mm. and they're never coming back... They're still alive sure. in that kind of teenage oh, memory. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, right. So <laughs> whose track was that? That was my track. Yes, and now we come to my un- grossly under under. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. Do you know what? I'm going to inform the listeners right now. This is probably the drunkest we've been since episode <laughs> one, and we're not in any fucking shots. But what we decided to do was record episode seven. Before wreck of uh, episode six. <laughs> so you'll listen to episode seven and you'll think these guys are remarkably sober. But really what happened is we recorded episode seven and then thought, yeah, we'll do episode six now. And now you've got a kind of pre-gamed Roman records where we're only into our what? Our fourth? Is this our third or fourth? This is our third. So, so this is, we've only had three rums and we sound absolutely fucked. Well, they are house. Um, what, their house, their house pours were. <laughs> I would say a good halfway through this bottle already. Um, but anyways, it's over to Craig for your yes. next female act. My second choice is an artist that, in some ways, uh, bookends my first choice and my third choice, being a lot, a little bit different in her sort of uh, ascendance to kind of musical fame, shall we say? Very well put. Um, what I really, I don't really want to talk too much about her background because uh, I really want to focus on the stuff she's doing now and the current stuff. 
and where I discovered her. There is some stuff of note. Uh, she did backing vocals for for Will Odom and his and uh, a couple of his Bonnie Prince Billy albums. Did she? Yeah, so oh, that's I, cool. That was really cool. That's and a bit like St. Vincent in the backing band for Sufjan Stevens. Oh, or really? S- sorry, Sufjan. Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. I, I like Will Odom stuff, particularly Bonnie Prince Billy. She had a couple of albums out. There was one, there was also a cassette, as you'll be excited to know about. All these artists coming out with their cassettes. One turned an LP, there was another LP that followed. The third LP, Burn Your Fire for No Witness. Was that the third? That was the third LP. I thought that was our second. Um, it, it got some pretty decent critical acclaim, but this was not the album that I discovered... That had Unfuck the World or whatever it was. Yes, called. which yeah. is probably one of our best known songs and best love songs. Very folky. Very folky. Very acoustic Very folky. And I like folk stuff. I like that type of music. Do you, Craig? Do you? I do like it. Yes. However, fourth album, My Woman, an absolute fucking belt of an album. How did you discover it? I think, again, I... I my, my memory's always a bit sketchy with these things. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, via Six Music. And I think the song I discovered on there was the absolute uh, belter of a song. Shut up, kiss me. Of course. Have you seen the video to that? She's got a glittery silver wig and just... I don't think I have seen the video. Has the presence of an angel. I don't think I've seen that video, I'll be honest yeah, with you. you should watch it. And when I was thinking about what track to choose for this particular uh, podcast, for this playlist. I was really struggling. There was there was so many. But the track I've chosen is uh, it's called Sister. I do like this track. And it's maybe not the most obvious track to choose on the album. There is a video for it. Oh, I've not watched that, I don't think. Um, I just remember kind of like walking about a desert. And about, I, was, I was a bit pushed, I think, when I first watched it. It truly is an album of side A versus side B. Side yeah. A is up and at them, fucking girl power, take them on, and mm. then side B is a lot longer, mm. inward, introspective tracks. Definitely. But beautiful all the same. Oh, yeah. Anyways, Angels and absolutely, like all the artists you've picked, they are, I'm huge fans of these, and I would have picked these artists as well, mm. so I'm so glad that we get to align on this. Yeah. But um, let's listen to that track. Yeah, let's get it on. That was Angel Olsen with the track Sister from her fourth album, My Woman. I just, that track fucking blows me away. Craig, thoughts? Craig, you brought a track that's just below eight minutes long and it's such a fucking exercise in all elements of emotional music. I would say that the final half is my favourite. Oh my God, yes. It it starts going fucking hard racking. It does go hard. But then it breaks down into this, um, like, so tender and fragile. And 
Yeah, I love this track. And I think mm. this track is from side B of the record. It right? is from side B, yeah. And I absolutely adore it. I'm so happy that you brought Angel Olsen to the table. I am... Um, although I don't own it, and I really do want to own it, her album Phases, which is all the kind of B-sides and extra mm. recordings and not really a proper album, has so many tracks on it that I absolutely adore. And... Um, I think I'll definitely buy it. This album, I think it built upon that folk sound. It's certainly much more soulful. I think she beefed out the sound as well. I think they added like more backing musicians to it. And what I love about it the most, and you you touched on this, Craig, is that kind of that kind of final third of the song, where it really builds this like crescendo and it just really explodes. And she talks about you know all my life in solid chains, like. It's almost like um, feeling this emancipation and breaking free, and I just, I just love that that kind of feeling of it. And I'm not ashamed to say this song gives me fucking goose pimps. Honestly, it's a roller coaster, and this is why I absolutely adore this album because it is side A versus side B. Mm. Um, so we're nearly at the end of this podcast. We've only got two songs to go. Um, Craig, I'd like to get your perspective on the rum. I think the rum has been treating me very well. It's do you know what? It's so easy drinking, and I don't mean to say that to be disparaging to it. It was designed that way. It's a it's mixer n- rum. Like it's only like it's sub twenty quid. It's great. You don't care what it's you great. do with it. But it is of of a standard, and and I feel now further informed of why it's of a standard. No additives, motherfucker. No additives we from the Appleton's estate. We know that joy's all over it, so it's not going to be any shit getting put in you at that bottom. I can bottom. bring joy to my mm. gullet. Yes, but I've really enjoyed the rum. It's been it's been very good. I would have preferred the estate. The estate. However, it's been a nice little kind of detour down a slightly uh, less trodden path, and it's been good. And I'd recommend it. Listen, if you don't want to spend a lot of money in rum, you're a casual rum drinker. A bit of coke in there, beautiful. Get it in you. Definitely, Appleton will give you uh, a. Different flavour profile to what you're used to. And if you want to move away from spice drums, this is a good way to start. Like yeah. I've mentioned before, Coxburgh. That used to go for like £12 a bottle in Tesco. So it comes to uh, me to have my last artist. And I decided to go with another female that of recent times that have released an album that is awe-inspiring. And I probably will talk about her influences just as much as we'll talk about her. But this... Artist is the sister of probably, if not, the biggest artist in the world right now. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Wait, Solange. She's the sister of Louis Capaldi. See, Solange, uh, Solange Capaldi, <laughs> uh, sister of Louis. That's it's funny that you say that because you didn't realize that Solange was Beyonce's sister. No, I didn't. And I'm, I'm, I, listen. When I'm, did you come to the realization of this? You told me. <laughs> You fucking told me. I remember in a taxi. Do you know what it was, actually? It was after we had the Christmas night out. When was that place we went to? Oh, that fucking big top. The big top thing. Yeah. Was that two years ago? Two mm-hmm. and a bit years ago? We were in a taxi together, by the way. No, this was the next day. I was going to, I was, oh, yeah. I was going to the station, I think. Yeah. And, we were, and we were texting, and I was like, oh, so I... You're like, you do that as Beyonce's sister. And I was like, shut up. I was like, here, Craig, again, baiting me with, like, fake news. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm not joking. Renowned for fake news. <laughs> Renowned, yeah. Careful. 
And then you were like so fucking amused I didn't know this. Well, it, it, every day is an amusement when I'm around you. <laughs> well, my lack of knowledge understanding around things. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how does he not know this? What does he do? What, uh, what does he spend? How does this guy live? <laughs> so, Solange, Beyonce's sister, released multiple albums, was often a backup dancer to Destiny's Child, watched her sister from the Isles become this famous artist to then become a successful artist in her own right. Mm. And one thing I've noticed, Beyonce and Solange actually became the first sisters to become number one artists in the US in the in the same year. That's a phenomenal. It really is. Um, that is un- unbelievable. If I think about it, I would imagine Beyonce's album was maybe Lemonade. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Beyonce. I, I'm not. I respect her. I respect her and I, I, I purchased the, the video album that she had because some of the tracks on there were absolute bangers. But Solange just has that pull to me. Maybe it is the, the sense of more of an underground artist. Maybe it's more the influences of jazz. Mm. Maybe it's the fact that um, she did a cover of Kate Bush's Cloud Busting. Um, and she, that's a firm part of her set that she did at Coachella. She did it at a few other festivals. Um, or it could be the fact that when I read an article about her defending herself at a Kraftwerk concert. So if you do not know, and I don't know if I've really talked about this, but Kraftwerk are my ultimate band. I think they're the most influential band of all time. Fuck your Beatles. Fuck all your other artists. Kraftwerk are the most influential band they really paved the way for electronic music if you think about how pop music has evolved in that time it definitely has been under the influence of Kraftwerk if you think about hip hop every single fucking first hip hop track pretty much sampled a Kraftwerk record so reading an article quite a while back it was um, it was discussed how Solange went to see Kraftwerk with her 11 year old son and her husband and being told to sit down by a bunch of old white women. Um, and in response to that, Solange... Told them to fuck off. Well, she told hopefully. them to fuck off, but she also wrote an essay about how black people do not feel comfortable in white spaces. And you have to admit, Kraftwerk, fucking German band, you can't get more kind of white than that. However... She understood the, the the history behind their beats and how that influenced hip-hop music and wanted to bring her son into that kind of knowledgeable environment that yeah, he understands course, where this yeah. music came from. And I totally stand alongside her. And if someone wants to dance <clears throat> to music, they should be able to dance. Of course. Um, This is a totally uncomparable situation. But I remember being... <laughs> You're going to spout this drink, so I'm going to let you finish that drink. <clears throat> I remember attending a Girls Aloud concert. Say what? And I was drinking triple rum and cokes because they had these, you know, the big double painter glasses? Oh, aye. So I was there watching Girls Aloud just when they released, I think it was their, I can't remember the album, was it Chemistry or something like that? Anyways, <clears throat> they had this amazing album full of pop golden nuggets. And myself and a couple of other friends were absolutely steaming and standing on all the fucking chairs, dancing along. And there was always these little girls dressed in fucking pink furry cowboy hats and their mums hitting us, telling us to sit down. And I was 
Yes, I maybe was getting in the way of those girls' enjoyment of the concert. However, I was also enjoying that concert in whatever way I wanted. And if you got a dance, you got a fucking dance. <laughs> and I do not compare this to the situation that Solange was in, but I take the same kind of lesson that if music's there to dance to, you fucking dance. Don't listen to anybody else. So this album appeared in 2016, I think. 16. I think it was late 2016. I picked up in 2017, maybe. And the uh, album title is A Seat at the Table. And um, yeah, I was thinking of going with Cranes in the Sky because that's the one that everybody's so familiar with. It's an absolute Um, unbelievable track. But I decided to go with... um, where do we go? Which really starts with this amazing open, loose um, jazz kind of chord progression, mm. and it just builds into an amazing track. Yeah. So I think so again, um, one that builds. Yeah, it definitely does build. <clears throat> so I think we're going to enjoy this, and then we'll we'll let Craig speak for a while because I've talked quite a lot, and then yeah, we're going to enjoy this drink. We bowed our heads. We broke our bread I shook our hands Then conquered and I This is to be home This is to be what we know What well, used to be long Now the end And I don't know where I absolutely love that album uh, I think 2016-17, th- I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head, all the artists we've chosen, their tracks have came from those two years. Yeah, Mannequin Pussy, definitely from there. I, th- I think Girl Ray, from what I remember, might be 2018. Okay, well, we've got a kind no, of... Th- no, 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 wait, 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 2018 was only last year. That was last year. Oh, it was 2000... Sorry, Girl Ray was also 2017, so mm. maybe we should have entitled this Women of 2016 17. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our, I mean, our key goal was keep it current. modern. Keep it current. Keep it current. Do keep not it current. focus on Madonna, Kate Bush, all those. Easy to do. Inspirational with, artists. With some phenomenal artists there. Yeah. I can't remember actually how I came across this song, uh, this album. I would imagine it was me, because I'm the cool one. It was pretty me. It probably was you, actually. I'm glad it was. If it was, I'm super pumped. Cranes in the Sky was that song. That just it's like, like, Cranes in the Sky. But, unlike Phil Spector likes to say, it wasn't an album. He says like every album's like, too hit. <laughs> and listen, never quote. Spector, the man who <laughs> shot a woman today. <laughs> he's, not, he's never the most quotable, but uh, he's got some... He said that most LPs are two hits and whatever else is lying around. And he's, he's probably caught some... There's probably uh, some... Why do you uh, think I love seven inches as much Phil? Eh? S- some truth in that. However, this is certainly not one of those albums. I, I think it is an album that's uh, multi-layered. It's got those pop sensibilities, definitely. But it offers so much more, as you've said, with the kind of jazzy elements to it, which I love. Lots of uh, soulfulness and just just, just a lot of kind of multi-layered uh, in a big way. It's it's very much like looking outwards as well, like at the world and things that are going on and 
it's pretty cool. So yeah, no great album. It's she's definitely for me number one no sister in that regard. Oh, so. absolutely. If you're a fan of Kraftwerk and Kate Bush, then there's no way that you're gonna be um beneath your sister in my rankings. And I don't think I've ever heard this fucking cloud bursting cover, by the way. Do you wanna hear it now? I wanna hear it right fucking now. Get it on. Craig, um, the honour of the final artist now falls to you and I'm really excited that again is an artist that both you and I hold dearly to our arts. Yes, and listen, I could be wrong here. I could be making like a sort of like, it could be fake gloating here when I'm like completely wrong because I'm wrong. You were the first to put in the playlist. I think I was. You were and I totally looked over the fact and then when I found the album I was like oh I fucking love this album and it turns out you put it on alright it's already in the playlist and I'm like fucking yes okay right that may be the point but who owns the original on vinyl (laughs) (laughs) well okay that may be you but I've got the cassette the original cassette oh you fucking (laughs) you're a liar liar I've got the cassette I'm going to post it on cassette day. Craig, you've never owned a cassette in your fucking life. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Warren G's regulate. <laughs> <laughs> and that fucking thing got worn out. So anyway, the final track of this evening goes to me. I'm very honoured to do this. And I actually cannot believe that this artist, so young, unbelievably when she recorded this track and and wrote this EP that I'm I'm picking the track from absolutely unbelievable um the artist is known as uh, snail mail which is kind of it's kind of a bit of a shit name in some no, ways I like fucking that. love that name I no I don't like it I love it and it's it's it's, it's akin to it's it's like a term that people use but it's not that much of a common term. It's a bit like pavement. Like, in America, no one uses the term pavement. Well, because it's sidewalk. Exactly. And, like, American football, no one uses the term American football. It's just football. It's just football. Snail mail it's may social. not be the exact same, but it's the same way that nobody really refers it as snail mail. So I've never used the term snail mail ever. Do you remember when emails became popular and people would say you can contact us on snail mail? No. Oh, well, you were obviously too old because that's what they used to say. I'm fucking live and kicking. And that's maybe why I find it so interesting and so relatable. Uh, but anyway, this is the sort of project of vocalist, singer, songwriter Lindsay Jordan. Lindsay Jordan, indeed. And she started recording probably 14, 15. Again, tracks in the old bedroom. A absolute remarkable young lady. Let's let's just put it out there. Started recording, I think, 14, 15. Um, she released an EP originally on cassette only. 
Yeah, it was on cassette. It came around about the time she was still in high school because she is so young. In fact, she could she still be in fucking high school the age she is. Um, she's from Baltimore, home of The Wire. I fucking love The Wire. The Wire is a fucking great TV show. Anyways, she's a phenomenal musician, and I feel like this um, Habit EP that you're picking the track from exemplifies this um, lo-fi bedroom pop. And I have to admit, I was scared when she brought out the um, her first full-length LP yeah. because when we listened to Heatwave, I remember putting that in the playlist, mm. it was very, very well produced. Mm. And I was a little bit disgruntled. However, there's nothing but raw talent on this EP. 100%. She is. Um, I actually didn't realise how young she was. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest. I completely stumbled across this and... It was a song thinning from that from that EP, the Habit EP. The opening track. The opening track, and it just... Do you know what? In some ways, it, there's nothing new about it. It's it's a pretty much standard indie rock tune in some ways. I feel like the, her voice sticks out more than anything else in a yeah. good way. Mm-hmm. There's some bands where, like, the voice kind of like descends to the background a bit, and that is also good for that particular artist. But I think with with Snail Mail and their recordings or her recordings rather, that I'm so glad that's at the forefront. Not to take away anything away from the music because it is good. But no, I have to admit that you choosing Snail Mail is inspired. I absolutely adore her. I have to say, um, and I text you this that I left Snail Mail. <laughs> Is an obvious choice, so I let Craig pick this one. But it's it's ultimately he was the first one to discover, and I cannot go against this. And I feel it very fitting that she ends this podcast. Lindsay Jordan is an extreme talent. I feel like she is probably one of the most talented musicians out there right now. Her and her band have um, toured the world and really set out this um, pop message. And this album is indeed absolute um critical to your collection you must buy it interesting what you said about the the full length lp i was also a little bit trepidatious about approaching that and the first lesson i was like oh no what has she done what the fuck however through repetition and through more lessons is definitely grown on me i, I, think I feel like it's a step to progression i i now treat them as two separate artists mm. There was and I, I have to admit, I've not listened to the original for a long time. So that's that's us. We've finished um, celebrating um, the female impact on music. Of course. And I hope you enjoy this final listen. So the final track is from the EP. I didn't want to go from the obvious choice, which is Thinning, which is a great track. You should check it out. But the track I have chosen is called Static Buzz. Love it. And the reason I've chosen this I just think it's a little bit more deep. It's got a little kind of Sonic Youth kind of sensibilities to it, and it's a great tune, and maybe one you'd maybe miss off the EP if you're listening to it, so check it out. It's a static buzz. Thanks again for listening.
includes episode 6, Fairer Sixes. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please remember to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. You can keep in touch with us at our website, which is rumandrecords.com. Thanks again for listening.